welcome back to Nerdy Thoughts, a podcast where our guest gets to choose the topic they nerd out on for us to discuss. I'm Mimi. And I'm Ted. Thank you so much for joining us on this, our eighth episode of the Nerdy Thoughts podcast. Uh, we've got a very fun and exciting show that's very on topic for today. Um, so uh, without further ado, Mimi, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it is, well, by the time this airs, I will be back to work. Oh, um yeah. yeah yeah summer is officially or not officially it's officially over <laughs> um <laughs> i wonder what and... you do for work <laughs> officially um yeah so that will be um busy at first it's always busy the first couple of weeks with the with the students kind of getting used to the new routine and and the teachers figuring out their schedules um mm-hmm. and everything like that but um yeah so i kind of have to figure out what that's going to look like um, in regards to, you know, my my Twitch streaming schedule and and everything like that. It's been nice over the summer being able to ch- kind of just pick and choose, like get up in the morning, eat breakfast and then stream for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it will be more like rush home from work, gobble down my dinner and and stream for for a few hours or, you know, two at the most. I don't know. It's so hard to. You know, in the summer, I was streaming like three, three and a half hours. And now I feel like that's just I don't know if I'll be able to make that work. But mm. um, yeah, that'll be I took a bit of a break. I spent some time with family just off of Instagram and off of Twitch. And I'm kind of I'm back on Instagram now and I'll be back on Twitch next week. Nice. Uh, well, I guess this week because this episode comes out on Tuesday. Yes, true. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's we're very in the in the now <laughs> at this point. No, no pre-recordings. Um, but yeah, I did. I did find a new streamer uh, that I really like. I'm actually I bought one of his shirts off of his merch store. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So I was I was streaming and I wanted to raid out. And so for people who don't know what that means, it's when you end your stream, you can send everyone watching your stream into someone else's stream. So it's a nice way to like support uh, your like other friends and other streamers. And no one, it was so weird. Like there's usually someone that I follow playing the same time that I do. And there was no one. Um, So I went to one of the recommended channels and he was playing um, Mario it's like Kaizo Mario or something so it's like people have created like their own courses and they're always like really hard um so I sent my viewers in there and I followed them in there and he was just the coolest guy um his name's he goes by plain old Trey um and he's he just actually started streaming maybe a week or two ago full-time so it's now what he does full-time and he's just like I just love the energy that he brings to his streams and also like the people in his chat are always really nice and funny and they pick fun at each other but like in a nice like it's you know it's a way that like you can tell that it's just like because they're comfortable with each other mm-hmm. um and you know we had a bit of a, a rough patch uh last week and and I was home by myself and I just I turned on his stream and I lay down on the couch and I just watched it and it was just so there was something so comforting about about him, like him as well um and like his his wife comes in sometimes to the streams and she's so funny I love her almost as much as I love him like she just is like so excited about uh things and and yeah so I I found I found him and that's that's been really nice um 
So plain old Trey, if you are on Twitch and you want to go support someone, I, I highly suggest him. Um, but so that was exciting because I, I often struggle sometimes watching uh, people play on like it's it's so funny because I do it. I play and people come and they watch me, but I often struggle either finding the time or just finding like um, a stream that like draws me in. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, so so that was really exciting, and I got invited to the Discord, so I get to like chat with other people that watch his streams and stuff as well. Cool. So that that was really that was really exciting. Um, I got a new cosplay recently. I'm not gonna say what oh. it is because I haven't okay. posted about it yet, but I got it at Spirit Halloween. And shout out to the girl at Cash because uh, she was so awesome and <laughs> um, got a little extra uh, discount. Uh, because when you when you buy something, you can get a, a coupon code for like twenty percent off, and I was able to to get that without the coupon code. Um, <gasps> but yeah, she was really cool, so I'm really excited about that. I'm just waiting. I need a wig for it, so I'm just waiting for that, and then I'll probably post some pictures. Um, so I'm not gonna say what that is, um, but it's anime related. Awesome, cool. of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I guess I went, uh, I went and I saw the new Dragon Ball movie, which was. Which was really fun. I went with a friend. Uh, one of my friends is a huge Dragon Ball fan, and they wanted to see it, so I went and saw that. And I, and I like dra- Dragon Ball. Um, I love Piccolo, and it was a very Piccolo central movie, so that was oh nice, uh, very ex- exciting for me. But yeah, like other than that, it's just kind of um, yeah, nothing. Like I I had to postpone my World of Barbie trip actually. Um, oh so no! I was, I was supposed to do that last week. Yeah, I guess last week. Well, not the week that just passed the one before. I don't know. The days are all, all jumbled for me. I was supposed to go not the Thursday that just passed the one before that. But I, uh, I had to rearrange it. The people that create that event are so lovely and so understanding. Like, it was no problem for me to switch my tickets to another day. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I still have that to look forward to. So I, I believe I'm doing that on the 22nd of September. I believe that's okay. the day. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. But so that got postponed. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of really all that's been going on with me. Nothing, no big events. Um, I'm gonna have a spirit Halloween little reel because I took a bunch of videos and pictures of it's. I just love that store so much. Like I don't know <laughs> if you've ever been to it, but it's always oh, yeah. just done up so perfectly. Like I wish it was like an all year round store. I understand why it can't be. Yeah. Um, but I would like for it to be. <laughs> um. But yeah, there's just some really cool new costumes out uh, for this year. And and I'm looking like the girl is saying they're just starting to get like a lot of their stock in as well. So I'm going to go back in a couple of weeks and kind of check out anything that uh, new that's come in. There's a lot of Pennywise stuff, which oh, was boy. very exciting. Oh, um, boy. You should do a, yeah. a Pennywise costume. Do a Pennywise anime interpretation. Oh, my gosh. So I actually I bought... Um, after I played Little Nightmares, I bought a yellow raincoat um, because, A, I've just always wanted one. There's just something so classic about, like, a yellow raincoat. But mm. I was like, I have, like, a forested area in my backyard. I could totally do, like, a, a Little Nightmares kind of, like, cosplay really super easy, like, bare feet, just the jacket with, like, barely, like, you can't even, like, see the mm. girl. Um mm. And then also it just works. It also works. I can be Georgie. I can hey. be the female version of Georgie. I just need a heliumed red balloon. 
And those Actually, are I don't even really buy. need that. I don't even really need that, I guess. I just No, I need a boat. I need to learn how to make an origami Paper boat. boat. Yeah. That's what I need. Mm-hmm. But, uh, make it float. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's all that's been, been going on with me getting extra snuggles from Freya. She's been such a little, a little bumba lately. She's been very, very, um, tired. We've, we've had some family visiting, um, with with their with their young children and of course they're just all over her and Frey is old and she's kind of like she's gotten to the point where like I had to give her like a little like this old little pain pill that I had for her from a uh, surgery that she had before um just because she was like just she was just sore so I gave her that and she had a nice like day to herself where she just napped but um She's become such a little baby, so I'm a little bit worried about like what she's gonna, how she's gonna feel when I'm back at work full time. Um, oh yeah, a little bit of separation cause I, anxiety. Yeah, because I've been home for you know since the end of June, and the only times that I've left her is when I've left her in the care of other people to go camping, and it's usually on the weekend when they're also home all the time. So she hasn't really been on her own for like a full day in a in a while. So. Um, She's probably not even going to care. She's probably just going to sleep the whole time and I'll be like twiddling my thumbs all worried about her. But yeah. Well, yeah, that's but that's it for me. What's uh, what's been going on with you? Oh, you know, more same old, same old. Still getting ready for for school to come up. Still working on whatever kind of loose projects come in. But uh, school starts next week for me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Well, actually, Are you excited? I guess two weeks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm oh, also good. nervous because I'm, I'm, you know, I've always been nervous about the first day of school. What if they don't like me? What if I don't fit in? What if I'm not good enough? All that kind of bull it's crap that goes along in the brain that goes in everyone's brain. But you just got to, you know, calm that stuff down. I don't know yeah. much about what's happening this year. I know kind of um, how the year is going to work. They obviously don't tell you like all the they don't break down the subjects that they're going to be teaching. But I'm going to sound school. Right. So I'm going to be learning recording and all that kind of stuff. You're already a pro. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I can know more. I can know more always. I want to be. I want to be. You finesse those skills. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get even better. Um, but I don't know what I need to be working on because I don't know if it's gonna. If I'm gonna, like, one of the things that they ask you when you're applying to this school is like, what instruments you play and what kind of musical experience you have, because obviously a lot of recording is the music industry. So I've been spending the last four weeks doing more like in-depth practicing than I've done since university. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'm sitting down and I'm writing out theory and I'm writing out and I'm practicing all my scales, all my arpeggios, not even just on my guitar. I'm practicing it on piano. I'm getting my drum chops back up just to be sure. I'm working on uh, all the kind of different Celtic instruments that I play just in case I ever need to call up on one of those because I'm so... I haven't played... Like, I've the last time I played with people in a band setting was last winter... Um, and it's fun, but I'm just worried because I have, I've just been kind of noodling in my own practice room, just kind of playing out songs that I know I haven't been doing, you know, serious in-depth practicing like I ought to be doing. (laughs) Um, but that's all I've been up to is just like preparing for the worst. Like, oh, they need me to go on stage and play Purple Haze. So I need to know that, (laughs) right? I don't know. Oh you never I, don't, know. I don't think they're going to make you do that, but nah. but I'm ready. <laughs> hey, do. you'll be prepared if they do. <laughs> I can rock that song. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's basically it. Just kind of uh, we've, we've been watching a lot of The Simpsons because that's on nice. uh, that's on Disney Plus and that's 
that's been fun. It's it's actually I was watching it with my dad last night, and that was a very cool nostalgic trip because he and I used to watch it when I was a kid, and I used to call it this. Uh, the Simpsons or something like that. I, I couldn't oh say Simpsons God, or something little like that. Teddy. Yeah, we were watching some of the season like two, three, four episodes. Um, wow. And he was like, I get most of the jokes, but he's explaining some of the small 80s humor that I didn't get. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's sweet. Well, we should have him on the pod to talk about the Simpsons then one day. <laughs> oh, man. He, yeah, he could, he could talk about a lot, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the Sims. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have someone here to talk about something pretty cool today. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to just give out this episode is going to not only be a spoiler warning for some people, because we're going to be discussing uh, the new series, uh, House of the Dragon. Um, but also some of the content that we're going to be discussing today can be a little bit triggering for some people who uh, are listening. So just a, a trigger warning out there. There's going to be some talks about uh, infant death. Uh, and uh, things associated with um, death kind of in maternal death and yeah. death in general. So uh, if if those kind of things aren't what you're looking for, hey, we have seven other episodes that you can listen to. We put out a double episode last week of Mimi making a D&D character. So uh, <laughs> feel free to uh, you know skip through. But our guest today is a really fun, really great guy who I went to school with. And so uh, with all of that said, uh, if you are continuing with us today, uh, I'd like to present to you my good friend and former uh, college roommate, uh, Andrew Jacob Chapman Curley Andre W. Arnell. I, sh- I shouldn't have let you handle that on your own. I really should have told you what to say. <laughs> he said I could just feel it in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And the moment, the moment was wrong. That was my bad. <laughs> Hello, I am just Andrew, and I'm very happy to be here. Hi, just Andrew. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, yes, thank what you. What are you here to talk about with us today? Um, so today, I really wanted to talk about um, how to get your parents to do your taxes, but uh, <laughs> instead, Ted has talked me into talking about House of the Dragon, which feels more in line with your podcast. Yeah, I just think it would flow better with our typical listener. It fits a little bit more, but you never know. Maybe we'll do a tax episode one day. I didn't do my taxes for like five years once. Um, and then, oh, and Ted, actually, this was when, when we were living together. Um, do you remember when I was living in like the loft yeah. on the third floor? So yes, that was for like five years. That was the most I spent on rent was in that room. So when I did my taxes five years late and I tried to report that as my rent for that year because it was so different than the other years they were like oh, we're gonna need some receipts and it was so hard to get five-year-old checks from uh the bank so wow <laughs> well there you go there you go folks there's a lesson for you just do your taxes do your taxes like <laughs> on the dot but um, i was making so little money that they were like oh my god please have some more money oh my god <laughs> we're oh, so sorry <laughs> we took this um, from you take it back yeah <laughs> did you guys know each other before college or did you meet uh like in college uh we met eight nine years ago this week in frost week in frost week yeah we didn't know frost each other <laughs> I, I i i feel like it was just one of those like you went on a long walk 
and had a good conversation and then you're like we're gonna be friends <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah, yeah we mm-hmm. were, we uh went together we were gonna find the gym and the gym that's was on the true. opposite side of campus um and we were just like chatting and getting to know each other because we had just done the tour uh in the same group the same day um and i don't know like you know the small things that can happen right so we're close and there's like do we take the path or do we go over this hill and me being semi out of breath i try to say well you know the straightest uh or the fastest distance between two points is a straight line uh and all i said was you know the strictest line is two points (laughs) (laughs) and it's such a stupid thing i don't think out of i think out of context it's not funny at all for no, some reason, it, it like, was cracked us up. so funny. So funny. We died. And then we said that for the next, like, four years. The straightest yeah. line is two <laughs> points. Line is two points. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I think if we'd made it to the gym, like, imagine the shape we'd, we'd be in right now. You know? Oh <laughs> if we'd if found we that straightest that line. Yeah, if we found that straight mm. line, if we made that trip more than, you know, just a few times, maybe it would have done its job. Oh That's gosh. okay. Speaking we of doing its job, anyway. I'm doing a poor job <laughs> hosting an interview. My apologies. No, no, uh, we got this. I can bring it back. I can bring it back. Hold on. Speaking okay. of mm. the speaking of the straightest line between two points, if freaking Arya had just found that line, it wouldn't have taken her so long to get across freaking Westeros in the first season. I feel like in the eighth season, she found that uh, that distance and how to get there, like in an episode instead of five. Yeah, she uh, she got better at getting around. Um, she stopped trusting strangers, which seemed to really help her out. She really zoomed through Westeros when she when she stopped getting captured by people. She, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I do have a... Go ahead. No, no, you go. You go. I was like, she's like, they're so young in like the books too. In the book, I think she's like ten, where it is right now. So I think when it starts, she's like even younger than that. Um, so that wild. actually that brings me I was going to ask you like before we get into House of the Dragon um, with Game of Thrones did you you've obviously read the books just I based read, on I've read the books that currently did you, exist did you read I them have, before you watched the show or did you read them after you started watching the show I read them all before I started watching the show so I like I read the first book and then I watched the first season so like oh, okay um, and then for this show, uh, I've kind of read the source material, but I haven't read a lot of it to preserve some of the experience. Um, but, uh, now what is the source material? So the source material, it's wild. Um, so the, uh, uh, this show is adapted from parts of a fake history novel. So okay. George R. R. Martin uh, 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 published a, a novel that was kind of a collection of some short stories, some things that had existed separately and some other things that he filled in. And it is the first 150 years of fake Targaryen history in Westeros um, as a history. So it's like in um, uh, in universe, the book is being told like from the perspective of like a maester or like a scholar at the time of Game of Thrones, looking back at the history. Um, so there's all these elements of like looking at different sources and getting some information from one place and some information from another place. But 
what I think is like the most interesting about it um, and 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 really fascinating as like an adaptation source material is that there's a lot of adaptations that get can get really stuck in the specific way that a novel will tell its story and like the specific scenes that a novel will use. Um, and because you have essentially, you know, 300 pages of this book is going to make maybe four seasons of TV. Um, there you get uh, the whole story, you get all the like twists and turns, but it's a lot of it is very high level. So, um, there's a lot of room for the writers and, and the, the, the creators of the show to find the scenes and find the actual story, um, you know, that is best told on television. So it's like, I find so far this show in the two episodes that have aired at the time of this recording is like really like written and formatted for television in a really satisfying way that sometimes, especially really early on in Game of Thrones, they would some, sometimes some, an episode would be the way it was because that's kind of how it was in the book. Sometimes, if that makes sense. You no, sound like sure you uh, know a thing or two about storytelling or storytelling for TV. Can you can you tell us all kind of your your background in that? Um, yes, I went to school uh, for uh, screenwriting, um, which is uh, writing for movies. So I learned it, and uh, now I do it for free for me. <laughs> which is, I really I cannot recommend a fine arts degree more. <laughs> If you guys do have young listeners. Maybe. I don't, I don't know what our demographic is, if I'm being honest. People comment on our Instagram page. Let us know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are, are any of you, like, considering university where you should go? Um, become a plumber. They're sick, you know? And then you never have to the call trades. a plumber. It's all about the trades. Um, make money, make connections. Hey, that kind of sounds... Do- do your taxes. This is <laughs> <laughs> see it all. It all goes together. It all it all comes together, y'all. Mm-hmm. So what is so they're taking from a small history book, or well, the yeah. big history book. They're taking a few pages and turning it, blasting it out into a big series. Yes, exactly. So imagine. So here here is an an, an example, right? Um, so the I feel like we can spoil the first two episodes somewhat sure. loosely. That's I think fair. so. I, I think I've said that like two weeks ago. We can do that. In the yeah. Show. I, yeah, this is a it's a it's a it's not a spoiler free zone because I mean, when people come on here to talk about their interests, they are usually done or are caught up with what they're talking about. So, yeah, you're going to get spoilers. It's it's mm-hmm. it's known. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in, in 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 the book, all you're you're really told is there's this king. And then his first wife dies, and she only, the only heir he has at the time is uh, 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 a girl, right? Um, and so, at some point, he decides to remarry, and he remarries this this uh, character, Alison Hightower, who, uh, what we do know about her in the book is very little, and is different from how it is in the show. But that's just it just says he remarries this 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 uh, uh, this girl. Um, And in the show, they, you know, as they were developing it and as they were changing or finding what these relationships were and finding like the relationship between Rhaenyra, who is this, you know, female heir of the king 
and Allison and, you know, and this friendship that they have, which doesn't exist in the books, um, you know, I think that obviously comp, comp, like so much complicates the decision of Rhaenyra's father to marry her daughter's best friend. Um, and I think that they, they found that that would make like a great episode of television is this king who's in mourning having all this pressure to make this decision of like who to remarry so that he can strengthen his house and, and potentially strengthen other people's houses too. So this the is one more thing... of a political, political thriller, right? Um, it's, I think it's, it's a family drama. That's like end of the day. Like that's what it is. It's, um, I mean like succession. I remember succession was described as like game of Thrones in a boardroom. So it feels kind of redundant to say that this is succession in Westeros, but it, it feels like <laughs> succession and the crown in terms of some of the structure in Westeros. The one thing I, I kind of forgot about game of Thrones. Cause when you, or, or like that kind of air, well, era in fantasy. But um, I, I got, I got so used to it after watching Game of Thrones for so long. But after having that break, I forgot how kind of like icky it is with, um, with, with incest and, you know, an old king marrying his, his daughter, his young daughters. Like, what is she 13? Like, how old is that kid? Like she's so, and, and they were trying to pair him up with mm -hmm. someone who was like 12. And I yeah. was just like, Oh God, I forgot how gross this is. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so weird. And you're almost like it, the, the, the first, like the 12 year old, it's so gross. And you're like, so grateful that this king is like uncomfortable about it. Cause you're like, yes, this is make or break. Like, if you're cool with this, I'm sorry. We're done. I don't care anything else that you do. So that yeah. when he does marry the, like, 15, 16-year-old, you're like, my man. Oh, what a great choice. Bravo. Oh, what a good father. What a good king. Um, it's so icky. It's so gross. And it's so, like, is going to get so much worse. Yeah. Um, it's the – that's what is, like, I think is interesting about because a lot of these spinoffs that HBO has in development, they're all, like, these – elements of backstory and in game of thrones in the books how like george r. r martin likes to add sort of impact to moments um is by uh, having characters able to reference either um like moments in the history of the world or in the mythology of the world so they can connect back to like what is going on right now um so uh kind of in in the same way that that we do where like we can relate someone to like Alexander the Great or uh, or Queen Victoria or Superman, right? That they have elements of like their own pop culture in this world. And so for the purpose of Game of Thrones, they really just exist to like um, add depth to the world and uh, sometimes like give his characters the ability to sort of ruminate on whatever their problem is by thinking of like this historical figure. And now he's basically gone back and said, but what if this was not just backstory and sort of was a good story? And some of them are good stories. And I think some of these spinoffs that are in development would make terrible television. <laughs> I also I love the thing with like with with George R. R. Martin is um, his ability to take a character that you hate, like at the beginning of a series, like a Jamie Lannister. 
and his ability to like flip it for you to like actually start rooting for this person and then just rips the rug right under you at the end and is like <laughs> just kidding he goes back to Cersei but like just that ability like I loathed Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones and I feel like I loathe Damon Targaryen right now and I'm like mm-hmm. am I gonna start rooting for him though like we don't know I don't know yet I don't know who to hate and who to like yet because he switches it on me all the time <laughs> He switches it. You don't know. It's so fun about like this show too. Um, Cause like, uh, you know, not really spoiling anything. There are so many characters that are like the, that are going to be so central to the conflict that we haven't met yet that haven't really been introduced. Um, this season in particular is like covers a long period of time. Right. So like there's a, there's going to be a, there's a couple of cast changes but there's a really big cast change coming up. So it's a 10 episode season between episodes five and six. Um, a bunch of like the, not, not like all of the cast that I think they tried as much as possible to not change people. Cause it's so hard to cast someone to begin with, but like the two main girls. So Rhaenyra and Allison, they change. Uh, Rhaenyra is played by Emma Darcy. I think when she's older and then, um, Allison is played by, Olivia, I'm losing the name, but um, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's she's probably the one that you would uh, recognize more. Not Olivia Munn. No. Okay, I was um, like, that's the only I'm, Olivia I really know, <laughs> and I was like, I don't I don't see her fitting into that role. <laughs> I uh, Olivia Cook. Oh, I do recognize that name. And is that just yeah. because of like the time jump? Yeah, so the, the, it's like, um, uh, uh, this, this part of the story in, in, in particular is, is, it's a, it's a, it's a generational story. So you get to watch how children take on the, the conflicts and the responsibilities of their parents and neither how they do take them on or how they don't take them on. So there's people who we, uh, you know, are going to be born, who are going to be really important to this story down the line. Right. Right. Um, I feel like you also kind of see that um, already, like with I'm so it's is it Rhaenyran? Is that how you say it? Rhaenyra. Yeah. Rhaenyra. I'm so bad. Uh, they're, and they're all the same things. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so and I've already forgot it. But anyways, with her and the king right now, like you're you're already seeing like their styles, like butt heads, like whereas he's kind of more reserved and is like, well, no, I'm not going to send an army there. She's like, well, let's just fly our dragons there and show a force of power. And he's like, no, no, no. And you're like, oh, this is like you're already kind of seeing mm-hmm. like the difference in style with them as well. Yeah, she I mean, definitely. And again, this is as someone who like, I know the broad strokes of the story, but a lot of the, the specifics I've, I've, I've tried to avoid. Um, you have to assume that her dragon is going to start eating people at some point. Like she's going right. to do some wild shit at some point. Um, like, I feel like that's, she just, she seems so full of uh, anger and like wanting to prove herself. Um I'm very excited. I love the young, the uh, all of the young, like all the casting across the board is so great. Like uh, Millie Alcock, who plays um, young Rhaenyra, is so good. Such like, I'm almost, I'm really happy for some of this young cast that they're not, they're not committed for like you know five years on this show. 
she gets to come in and do like five episodes, you know, five hours of being a lead on screen and then get yeah. to go and have like a totally separate career. And she's super young. So, yeah. And who knows, maybe come back for a flashback or two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I feel like she plays she plays that like you said, like she's so full of anger, but the way that she plays it, it's such a subtle thing. Like you can't like it's not always like noticeable, like like her her fears or her kind of like bitterness towards being a girl and her dad not seeing her as a potential heir until, you know, so comes a time when he makes the decision to end his wife's life to try to get a boy like um, mm -hmm. talking so, about yeah. uncomfortable scenes. That scene was wild. Uh, it was um, insane. So, Ted, there is a, uh, a, a C-section in the first episode, um, and Boy. they're playing a little fast and loose with uh, the human body. Um, oh, no. It's like, and it, I don't know how true this is, but it's apparently, like, somewhat abstractly similar to historically how some of the first C-sections would be done. Um, we're not, I'm not, I, I know that I, there's no swearing, so I'm definitely not going to go into detail on um, this scene, but... <laughs> It's gnarly. They're cutting between it and like other types of violence at, at the same time. And it's, it's, you know, definitely, I feel like the standout, uh, I think it was the most talked about scene I remember seeing from that first episode. Yeah. It's, um, well, just, just the decision that the king has to make too. It's, it's essentially, it's, it's you potentially lose both the mom and the babe. And I, I, I feel like we should put a trigger warning in here just because this is such a sensitive mm -hmm. topic. Um, so, Maybe Ted, we can add that before. Um, totally. But um, you, the king has to choose either it's the baby's breach, so it's not coming out the normal way. So you either potentially lose both the mom and the babe trying to birth it naturally, or you definitely lose the mom and you might save the babe. So it's like, what a decision for someone, first of all, to have to make. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the show then, makes it very clear that it's like, it's he who gets to make it. Yes. It's the king. They don't talk to her. She's a baby vessel. Yeah, she doesn't um, even know until it's happening that it's happening. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's really hard to watch. But um. it sounds like it's got a lot of those hallmarks from Game of Thrones. It sounds violent. It sounds. I was gonna say hallmark movie moments, and uh, <laughs> this would be a wild hallmark movie. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas in Westeros. Oh my god! Yeah, but, I think like that's yeah. Having those like watching people have those decisions where you like after like the first two episodes, I feel like I've I've seen a lot of people and with the friends that I I know who watch the show, we talk about the decisions that people make and like would you have made that that same decision? And I missed that from uh, from Game of Thrones. Um, certainly, like in in the the later seasons sometimes like you just you miss out on some of that specific type of drama of like having this impossible decision and then watching someone uh work it out like in the first episode there was that like how how do you handle that situation with uh with the baby and then um in the second episode i i you know after uh, uh the king does make the choice to marry his daughter's best friend killer move again um just you I, I i love the conversation of people talking about like oh what he should have done what would have been like politically smarter and um yeah. just seeing people like engage with it in that way um, well yeah because so, his choice 
his choice wasn't politically it didn't really strengthen his political bonds with anyone no like it's uh yeah and it i feel like it was sad too because like i feel like him and his daughter had just kind of like had that conversation and like kind of just got to a good place where they were like hey like we understand each other and she was like dude like i know you got to do it like there's going to be no hard feelings on my part and then he's like marry your best friend and she's like i'm out of here like what what the hell <laughs> i'm gone <laughs> that's uh do you, you guys um if your dad married your best friend how you know would that make you uncomfortable mm. i mean yeah. yes yeah now what if they have been talking so it wasn't like out of the blue you know like they, they have an emotional connection. Are you going to get in the way of that? I mean, I probably wouldn't. And just because I just feel like at the end of the day, you don't really owe anyone anything and no one really owes you anything. So if it's done in like a nice, if it was done in a way where I was like, okay, like if this like a real thing, I could probably be okay with it. But like, it also it's hard because it changes the whole dynamic because it changes the whole dynamic of your friendship as well because it just adds this whole other layer so i think there'd have to be a lot of therapy that went into it uh <laughs> to make it work <laughs> um but i don't know like i'm just at the same time if it's if it's not physically harming anyone like who am i to step in the way of someone else's happiness mm. but that's also like i don't have like I'm not in line to be the queen. <laughs> so, I would like... love I, I would love you to in House of the Dragon, just Mimi as a character, just in the corner of that last scene, just being like, listen, Rhaenyra, so weird, I know, but listen, no one's getting hurt. Even though she's like 16, which I guess counts as no one's getting hurt. Um, you know, she just wants to get down with your dad. You know, there's nothing weird about it. She just wants to play Legos. Um, and hang out. Oh, also, Ted, by the way, the, the, the king in this show is like, uh, basically like a Westerosi Warhammer fan. Like he, yeah. he, he has all these models <laughs> that he really likes. Nice. Cool. Does he okay. and that is, and put them into battle? He's it's just a nice guy. He just wants to play with his toys and not be in wars. I need, nice. I do need to circle back though. Cause I am not mm. okay. I have to say, I am not okay with him marrying his best friend. The best no, friend does not want it. With it. No, 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 because she doesn't want it. It's not, it's Ted, not I, okay I think, for her. I think if you rewind the tape, you'll find that uh, Mimi was actually really on board with it. No. Um, I complete no. in slow-mo. All, all I said, all I said was that if both parties want it, who am I to step in the way? This Ooh, girl so does do, do not you think, want it. You think she, she doesn't want it? I don't think she wants it. Her nails, man, she's, <sighs> those nails... That's another thing that's like not obviously because again such a different way it's telling a story so not in the books but it's such like a visceral great element like a scene so Ted there's this uh this this girl who's like being kind of semi pimped out by her dad to he obviously has been hoping that you know she'll be at some point be the you know be the the new queen um she has like this uh, anxious tick where she like picks at her nails and it's like just a great little visual thing. Deeply uncomfortable. Again, they're very... so raw. Like it hurts me to look at them. <laughs> mm. I love Cause how, I've, how I've also stuff. had that. Like, 
Oh yeah, but body stuff is a great way to build tension in film. Like you just mm. see someone peel back skin on their thumb. Like you do it all the time. Oh. Right? You pull a hangnail. Yeah. You watch someone else do it on screen. You add the right music to uh, it. Intense. It makes my knees hurt. <laughs> I, I I'm not pulling hangnails. I uh if you pull a hangnail in front of me, Ted, I'm not going to be okay with it. <laughs> That's why I said you do it alone. Oh, my God. Ted's pulling a hangnail right now on the podcast. <laughs> oh. You hear it. Just a little... um, I, don't know if that, I don't think that's the right sound. No, but um, it, it is. It's those little things that just add like mm-hmm. that extra element uh, of, of a character. That Do you think... So in, cause obviously like what the, the King doesn't know was that like the, a- Allison, this like best friend of his daughter was somewhat, was very much suggested by her father to go be with him once his wife had died and, and to form a, a bond with him. Um, you know, and, and it's, we don't, you know, you can't know like what their relationship would be if she didn't have that pressure, but, um, do you think they're like, what do you think she thinks of the king? Oh, that's so hard to, that's so hard to imagine because what we have seen of him so far and when he's with her, he's very kind. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, he's, he even like, he even was very like, kind of like weirded out at first. I feel like when she started coming to like read to him and stuff, cause he was like, well, this is awkward. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, I feel like he's just kind of, yeah, I don't, if, if it was like her choice, I don't, I don't know what, I, I, I don't know how she feels about it. Cause it's like, obviously in the back of her mind, she's just like, I got to do this because my dad's telling me I got to do this. Um, mm-hmm. what I'm hoping is that he's choosing her because he's comfortable with her and it's just like okay if I choose her then I don't like now people will get off my back and I'm hoping he leaves her like alone for like a while (laughs) or like you know like I don't yeah I hope Um, the new episode starts with um just a title card like Viserys and Allison hung out and chatted for five years and nothing weird happened until she (laughs) was at the age was like super less icky uh and then they just I mean Uh, you could bleep that part out (laughs) Um, they boned. They uh, uh, they created they an heir, uh, or well, mm. no, but I don't know. See, this is the thing. It's because the king has already promised that his daughter will be the heir no matter what. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like it's such a weird space. I know it's not going to happen that way because, like, he. I also like he has some sort of disease. Like, does he have that? Like, I can't think of the name of it. Remember that disease in Game of Thrones? Oh, grayscale. Like, yeah, is that what he has? Yeah. Like, is that what no, it's he- hinting at? No. He doesn't have grayscale. So, so Ted, one th- one of the this little like D storyline that we're following in the the show mm-hmm. um, is the the king is getting cut on the throne. So every now and then he'll get like these these cuts from sitting in the the throne in a in a, in a certain way, and and they're starting to get infected. Um, oh. And it's it's this is like uh, a cool like detail from the books that it's mentioned um, that like the the throne will cut like. Um, uh, unqualified uh, kings. So, like, oh. people who shouldn't be there, right? Which um, is, I feel like, a bit of an underlining thing because at, at the beginning of the first episode, you find out that the people had a choice. They could... It was between him, the, king, the who they 
ultimately choose, but also his cousin who is a female. So I feel like there's also that, like they call her the queen who never was, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's almost like, okay, well, did they make the right choice? Because he keeps getting cut. Like if they had just sucked it up and put a female on the throne, you know, maybe things would would be better. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like all these little subtle Mm -hmm. things that they throw in there. And that was my reading of the uh, uh, part, you know, because the the so the the main Ted, the the main like uh, other this twelve year old that has that has come up a couple times is the daughter of a really powerful house and a big ally of the the Targaryens, the the royal family. So the king has this opportunity to like put put aside some recent enmities uh, and and unite their houses in a really strong way. As long as he marries a twelve-year-old, um, okay. And so we're, so we're super happy that he doesn't do it. But you see, <laughs> like you saw, like a lot of people online were like, "I don't know why he 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 didn't do that." Like it was so the obvious, strong decision. And I, the way that I read that was like two ways. One, I think Viserys is like hugely an emotional guy. I think you have a guy who's six months after you know losing the love of his wife and the love of his life, who he had a very like loving and an intimate relationship with his wife. His his brother has been exiled, right? He has a fraught relationship with his brother. His and even his relationship with his daughter is deteriorating. All of his friends are like power hungry, backstabbing people. I don't think he has anyone. I think Allison is like the one person who he talks to and feels like he can be himself. And I think he's trying to keep that person mm-hmm. close. I think he, it's an emotional decision. And then I think politically, what he's also keeping in mind is. Whoever he marries, her her parents are, you know, that marriage is happening under the assumption that, like, sure, Rainier is the heir, quote unquote, for now. But they think that, you know, once their new queen starts popping out some boys, then she'll get kind of shuffled away. So I think he knows that whoever he marries, her father is going to be, you know, an enemy of his daughter because he's not going to want her to be the heir so i think yeah. he was avoiding a really powerful enemy for his daughter at the same time as he was being you know, a little sad boy yeah well mm. i also think he he i feel like he also feels like he connects to to hightower because sh- she lost her mom recently so she's also mm-hmm. has experienced death and she like one of the first things that she said says to him when she goes to the room the first time to comfort him was that when she lost her mother, everyone was talking to her in riddles and all she wanted was someone to just say that they were sorry that it had happened. And I feel like her, like they're a little bit connecting on that and he's holding on to that uh, connection a little bit as well, being like, well, she's she's been through this. She's grieved through this. She can help me get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So all of this has happened in the first two episodes, right? It's the first two episodes. And this is this <laughs> We is haven't even so talked fun. about the brother. <laughs> we have, oh my God, Damon. Damon. Matt Smith. Matt, Matt so, Smith. Matt Smith oh. in a luxurious blonde wig. Uh, the, Legolas the Lucius Malfoy-esque <sighs> wig. <laughs> it's, the wigs on this show are like kind of wild. And you kind of just have to be okay with all of these very platinum blonde wigs and like, you just have to kind of accept it. I think as part of like the style of mm. the world, um, right. Matt Smith is electric on screen. Like the whole cast is oh, yeah. insane. Top to bottom. Even that 12 year old that we're talking about, she had one scene last episode, killed oh, it. Like so nailed good. it. 
she was really good i I, felt for her i wanted to hug her and be like i will take you away from this man (laughs) wow she's she's so so good good at establishing characters that you feel something for like when joffrey Mm -hmm. lannister was was still on screen everyone hated him to the point where he quit acting the actor like Mm because he was getting so much hate in real life People, people used to skip over Cersei Lannister at autograph sessions, and she's like, "Just means I'm doing my job, right?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and everyone loved Jon Snow, like as an yeah. actor, he he, mm-hmm. you know, blossomed and bloomed and all the, all that. So yeah, it's they're they're really good at doing that kind of stuff. Um, if you're to talk about kind of less about what's going on in the show for mm-hmm. the discussion, but for people who haven't seen it yet, because Right now, yes. everything that's happened what in these first the two episodes is setting up the whole drama for what's mm-hmm. going to be the rest of the series. But if people are a little like, oh, a follow-up series, this is just a retcon chance, I don't want to... You know, what? Yes. what's going to get Game of Thrones this fans into this? So I think, like, first of all, I hate prequels. I don't like prequels. I think I, I, I ne- I've never cared for how things got to the way they were, you know? So that's why, like, if they ever announced a Game of Thrones show where it's like, the rebellion that happens, you know, 17 years before the start of the series. I have the least interest at all in seeing that show. I don't care for it. I think it's, 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 it's artistically meritless. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's awful. I hope you yeah, that's can pretty gruff. Cut, cut that out and just put it in like a <laughs> list of deeply patronizing things to say. Um, but no, I, 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 I do think it's a bad idea. I do think like if you, if they ever do a Robert's rebellion show, that's when you know that HBO has gone like full Disney of like, just give them what they want. Who cares? Um, but, uh, uh, what's great about this show is it's, it's, it's 200 years before the, the start of game of Thrones. So technically everyone is dead by the start of game of Thrones. Um, So you, you have so much to discover about this series, because especially, you know, even if you've read the books, um, there's so much to find out about what happens. But ultimately, like the pitch that I would say for this show is um, you should watch it because it's a good show. Like that's okay. the it's it's just it's good writing. It's a it's a family drama. So it's the, the spectacle is there. And, you know, once you start throwing 200 million dollars at a piece of television, the spectacle is going to be there in some form. But you should watch this show because. It's got good writing. Uh, it's it's compelling. The characters are are kinds of people that you haven't seen in this specific way on television. It's really it's it's smartly paced. It's uh, who doesn't want to be in the zeitgeist? It's in the zeitgeist. Get <laughs> get yourself in the zeitgeist. But that's really the main thing. Is I would say like it's it's good. Like going back to uh, what I was saying before, where there's a lot of options for the showrunners to like structure the show how they want because you don't have a novel that like has all the scenes you get to find the scenes find the story so it's uh of the two episodes that we've seen they're structured very much like just really great television you know and in the way that even though there is obviously a you know a a contiguous story in the at the beginning of the episode you establish you know some central dramatic question uh is the king going to get a new heir is the king going to remarry and then you have rising tension over the course of the episode, and then ultimately a climax of, of, of some kind that changes the status quo. And then you also have B stories and C stories going on. Like it's just really well structured, great television in a way that, uh, there's a lot of other shows not to, uh, uh, 
thumbs down Disney too much, but I find a lot of their Disney Plus shows are so clearly movies that were pushed mm. to six hours, and they're not really mm-hmm. structured like television, and they're not satisfying in the way that, like, you can... Uh, uh, Succession is, is the show that, that I bring up for this, because Succession does a really good job of secretly hiding a lot of great TV structure inside a show that when you're watching it, you can't see the structure. It's just, it's really invisible in a really great, well, well-designed way that doesn't feel inorganic. But if you watch the show, I don't know if you guys have seen it, um, every episode, there, there's some sort of conflict going on over the whole series or over the, the whole season. But like this episode is going to be about how we have to go to this conference and we have, you know, this major player of some kind that we have to convince to our team. And there's a specific personal relationship between this character and their father, this character and their sister. Um, that is, is going to find a new status quo shift, even if it's just a little one by the end of the episode. Um, it's just really, it's really great self-contained television. That's awesome. And so you don't mm. even, do, do you need to be a Game of Thrones fan to, to get into this? Like, have, it, does it help you have seen? Or what if someone wanted to get into this and they're like, I just know nothing about Game of Thrones world. Um, I, I think they they definitely made this with the idea that like you know game of thrones has been off the air for three years game of thrones premiered 11 years ago so there's tons of like young people and potential fans who either you know didn't watch the show or are just kind of getting old enough now to watch it uh you definitely mm-hmm. don't need to see game of thrones it you'll know a little bit more of like the type of story that you're seeing like it because game of thrones trains you a little bit how to watch it and how to think about characters. Um, but you definitely, like, plot-wise, you don't need to see it. You're going to be lost the same way that uh, Mimi is lost right now, not knowing the character names and that no one knows the character names. Um, but that's part of the fight. You definitely can go in just straight, episode one, get in there. Uh, you don't need to watch uh, Game of Thrones. I'm always that way with uh, with TV and movies, you know, the guy with the brown jacket or the, the main guy, that guy who was played by Neil Patrick Harris, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm awful with actor names and I'm awful with character names, but I can remember what they were doing. See, I'm usually really good, but I'm struggling with like, you know, with the, the fantasy names and like anime names. Like it's just, it's so <laughs> off what I'm used to that it takes a long time for it to get stuck in my brain. So eventually I'll be able to name names like it's no problem. But for now, I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, the blonde chick, <laughs> the one, the, the air, because there's a million blonde chicks. <laughs> we should uh, definitely just spend the rest of the podcast going through all of the names because that would be and practicing that's great entertainment that's good content um no no i want to talk about i want to talk about damon and blonde yeah because i love their because their relationship is very it's there's like almost like i, I feel like there's in like a yeah way. there's like a bit of like a respect there like they kind of mm-hmm. like are, are buds but then also it's like you know like it's like a, it's like Scar and Simba, like that's how I'm I'm looking at it. Like, yeah. you know, like I feel like she was okay with him, and then now she's coming of age, and she's gonna be the heir, and he's like, oh, I I I should be the heir. I'm the rightful heir, and it's all just like very like it's very charged. It's gonna get. I feel like it's gonna get really crazy. Like that scene with both of them with the like um on the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, in the last episode where like he he took over uh. <sighs> 
Dragonstone? Dragonstone. Dragonstone. And, you know, she and he's got his dragon out and then she flies in on hers. And I'm just like, this is going to get so good. (laughs) He has his dragon out. So it is an HBO show. They can do that. So he has a legit flying dragon. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know how to. Topic. I don't know how to make this. I don't know how to make that sound. Better. Dragons Anyways. came in very late <laughs> into Game of Thrones, uh, and they were very limited, right? They were. They're, it's not like they, they had a horde of dragons, they, but in this, they series, were there. Yeah, they were there. So it, Game of Thrones has like this whole thing where the dragons were born at the end of season one, and throughout Game of Thrones, it starts in a very, I don't want to say realistic, but a very muted fantasy setting. So there aren't. It's a little bit. You could almost imagine if you flicked onto like if you turned onto HBO that you were watching like a History Channel show, like a Vikings or something. It's not like swords and sorcery. Um, but then the show gets like more fantastical elements as it goes on, and there's this element of Game of Thrones of magic returning to the world. So with the dragons being born at the end of season one and then growing throughout the show. Um, but this this one right off the bat, I mean, I think like the first real scene. Uh, you're just immediately flying on a big old dragon, having a great time. Um, yeah, there just are dragons. Uh, I, you have to be on board with that. Yeah, they're dragons. So this is a high fantasy world as compared to the more mm-hmm. muted, as you said, uh, Game of Thrones world. This show is coming out at the same time too as another high fantasy world that I'm sure we're all aware of. We've got uh, a Lord of the Rings. A Middle Earth so series going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what that's is even with, more fantastical. Yeah, what is with the return of, or at least the mainstream appeal of these high fantasy things? I mean, uh, I, I think like it, it, uh, it's all. I mean, it's, it's, it's. I would not be the first person to say this, but it's, it's all Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones was the biggest show on the planet when it was happening. It was such a zeitgeisty moment. It was, you know, maybe the last true water cooler show. Yeah, you know, where people were, were talking about it. Um, and they're definitely, you know, with it ending, I think everyone's trying to see how they can fill the gap. I mean, uh, Bezos famously said like five years ago to his creative team at like Prime, uh, give me my Game of Thrones or I want my Game of Thrones. Some sort of weird business daddy, uh, <laughs> you know, secure me success. Um, and they've certainly spent the money to try and do it. I haven't seen Rings of Power yet, um, but I've it, watched it. It's a billion dollar How? series. It's it's. They've spent a billion dollars on a TV series. I like it. I mean, I oh, also. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just. So I feel like I I'm, am I the yet. only one? I was gonna say I'm the only one that's watched it. I uh, yeah. I have I have not seen it. I've I've heard good things though. I know there was a lot of skepticism during the you know promotional campaign, but I've heard a lot of good things since it came out. Yeah, nice. like so it has a. Um, I watched this show on Netflix last year. It was called Behind Her Eyes. It was kind of like this. It was a really weird show. It was a British show, um, kind of like a mind twisting uh, show. Like the ending had me like what. Um, and there was an actor in it, and he actually plays Elrond in um, in The Power of the Rings. And so that alone right there, I was like, okay, I've got a connection to this show. Like, I like this guy. But I also just think, for me as well, like, the draw for me to, like, a fantasy world is that I've had enough of the real world. That when <laughs> I sit down to read or watch TV, I want to be pulled out of that. Like, I want to be transported into 
a whole other world. And I know that not everyone's like that, but that's the draw for me. So if you can give me those like fantastical or magical elements in a show, I'm usually sucked in. Um, and I think with the power, like the power of the rings for me, I was obsessed with the Lord of the Rings trilogy when those movies came out. Um, that it's a little bit nostalgic and it's again, it's far enough ahead, I think, of like where the fellowship of the ring comes in that it doesn't feel um like a money grab i guess mm -hmm. <laughs> uh to to I, it feels I like there's like a lot of story to like see and discover there, that, yeah so. like with with the fellowship it's like okay we got like the brief little you know one ring to rule them all one ring to find but like the whole poem thing and it's like okay Sauron made the rings and now he's evil and the ring has to go um but this it's like okay like what was happening before and like mm -hmm. um yeah yeah should we go That's to Sauron's idea. one big really bad day and yeah. it's just <laughs> Sauron and the hor terrible, horrible, no good, very bad. Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on it's the also small, oh, sorry, on the small B plot of the story. Uh, if if uh, Disney wanted to get in on this trend, they could do a story of Narnia two thousand years ago, <laughs> the beginning of <laughs> Narnia. Well, I mean th that is like the first Narnia novel is the magician's nephew. It is about it's a creation myth story about the making of Narnia. Nice. Let's get the let's get Disney on that, and I want the uh, yeah. the rights to that. It's so fun. Have oh, you buddy. gone? Have you rewatched those Narnia movies recently? Uh, not recently. No. I've never seen them. Uh, definitely worth it. It's very fun to see. Like, I love like big budget movies from like the two thousands. I find like it was a great time for like you could do some things with special effects, but you still had to do a lot in camera because you couldn't one hundred percent rely on it. Um, and there's some beautiful stuff in that movie. Also some not great stuff. I can remember a couple of particularly not great uh, CGI moments, but um, very much aside, the main actor's voice, the main, the oldest son, I think his name is Peter. Yeah. Um, his voice is ridiculous. All of their voices. I think it's because like when you listen to Game of Thrones and they, I can't remember what that accent is. Um, it's like a Northern accent in the UK and it sounds so tough and, mm -hmm. and masculine and, in Narnia, they all have like just the posh, like boarding school accent, and it's just like, get out of here with that. You can't be a king. <laughs> I, I, so I recently this week I went and saw the new Dragon Ball uh, movie, and just speaking of voice, like voices um, that feel like they don't match, we saw it uh, with the English subtitle, so it was all in Japanese, and I've been watching Dragon Ball in English because I just. If I have to read subtitles, mm. I feel like I'm missing out on the action. The Japanese voices were so girly to me. Like <laughs> I was like, I was like, you got these huge, like Super Saiyan, like Gohans, like, oh, I'm gonna like power up and I'm gonna do this. And he's like, the piccolo. And I'm like, no, that doesn't match. Like when he was a kid, that matched, but he's older and he's still like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, you're huge. You don't match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I really hope that's the clip that opens this show. <laughs> I like to imitate Go Gohan and Piccolo. It's like my favorite relationship. That's a really good. Can you do Piccolo? I probably not. I'd have to hear it. But like, I love to imitate Gohan just being, oh, Piccolo. 
I don't know why. Like, it's just so whiny. And like, it just continued on. And I'm like, dude, no, like you are like eight feet tall when you're Super Saiyan and like four feet wide. Like you can't, your voice should sound more like this. Like you can't be like. No, that's and the I know reason. I know that's that. Like, Arnold Schwarzen- oh, sorry, that's the reason Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't voice uh, the Terminator in the German uh, dub of the film. Because he's Austrian and his accent sounded too girly. Yeah, and well, and I know like in in a lot of anime, it's a lot of female voice actors as well. Yeah. Um, like even Ash, like Ash's voice in in Pokemon, he's voiced by a girl. But like that works when it's a kid. But like I yeah. feel like mm-hmm. when they're an adult, like I hate to say this, but it you it it needs to be, it needs to match, and it just wasn't matching for me. Yeah. So <laughs> Anyways, that's my tangent Mimi, that went. So I think I think what Mimi is saying is like, let's get women out of the recording. <laughs> Um, let's get women out of the recording booths. Also, we love when the king marries the 15-year-old. Um, these are the two, these are the two takeaways that I have from this episode. These are controversial takes, but I appreciate you taking a stand for your art. Uh, Anyways, but yeah, that was my rant. Nice. So where do people, uh, where can people watch, uh, House of the Dragon? So legally, uh, in Canada, people can watch it on Crave, which is a six out of ten streaming service, um, because like you know it's it's Bell, it's Bell. That being said, that being said, I like I remember like the HBO Go days, the Canadian version of HBO Go. I have watched Game of Thrones on like so many terrible versions of like HBO streaming services. Crave is far and away the best that they have. Uh, it's available on a lot of platforms. I watch it on like a fire stick, like an Amazon fire stick, um, you know, which does feel like, you know, a little provocative. Like I'm watching someone else on their, their platform. Um, but, uh, if you didn't want to use Crave, I, you know, I think you could (laughs) probably find a couple of pirates. The fact that you're uh, winking and people can't see you is my favorite I know. Wink, wink. <laughs> we do not encourage. Um, do you still have to pay? No, we, do, we don't. No, we definitely don't encourage that. Um, with Crave, do you still have to pay extra for the HBO package or have they nixed that? Uh, I believe you still do. Uh, and if you're wondering if it's dumb, it is. It's so <laughs> dumb. Crave is so much money for, and to be fair, like you obviously, like it's HBO, you get such a great catalog of, of content. And you get Dr. Who. Um, more Matt Smith. You get, you get Doctor Who. You get more Matt Smith. Also, um, Shorzy, which is the spin, which is a spinoff show from Letterkenny. It's also on Crave. Highly yeah, recommended. Super show. tight. Yeah. Six episodes. Saw some previews. Uh, really, real. I could do a separate podcast about that show. I think it's like a really fun. You know, it's not like I think. Uh, you know, it's not a, a ten out of ten show, but it's a really interesting take on how to do a spinoff. Because again, I think it 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 sort of uh, you can tell that they're they're being experimental with some structural things that I think maybe they felt locked into in Letterkenny because Letterkenny is a pretty like somewhat I wouldn't say structureless, but it's a little bit. It's not like you don't watch Letterkenny for the plot, right? Mm. There's like in a twenty minute episode, there's three minutes of of plot and seventeen minutes of uh wordplay yeah exactly whereas th- this show still has a lot of those like very specific uh like language based 
comedy. Um, but there's a lot more development of the characters, a lot more development of their relationships. There is an actual plot in the, the, the six episodes. There's a surprising like amount of, of plot. Um, I, so I also highly recommend you watch Shorzy. Well, we might have to have you back on then to talk about that one. Oh, have you heard him this whole episode? We've got to have him back on to talk about anything. Oh, I know. I know. It's very true. Like I'm thinking, yeah. you know everything about the Marvel Universe, so as soon as the next thing happens, we can even talk Ooh, Doctor Strange. I would love um, to do that. Once you get a chance have, to catch up on the Lord of the Rings I do, series. I, I do need to catch up on uh, uh, Marvel stuff. I will watch the Lord of the Rings Um and I, I will def I, I can definitely tell you my thoughts for that. I think my problem with I think my problem with Marvel right now is that I feel like it's come like I feel like they've done it to death. Um, and I won't. Yeah. I have a hard time. Like I haven't watched Miss Marvel. I have like any of the mm-hmm. movies or shows that come out that aren't revolved around like the main Avengers. Like I just have no interest really in getting into. Yeah, um, content fatigue. They've just put out it's, so much. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's so okay much. I get it. I get it. There's backstory. And it feels like homework to to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not. And I get that that's kind of like what the comics are. Is like most yeah. people don't read all comics. You kind of follow along on a couple characters that, that you like. And then there are big events. So the movies are kind of structured in the same way. But I find it just. it's. I find it's been very difficult to stay keyed in when they're releasing so much content. Yeah. Since since Endgame. That being said, to tie it back into Game of Thrones, the Blade movie. So Blade is uh, a vampire hunter who in this ad- uh, adaptation is going to be played by Marshala Ali. Um, so he hunts vampires with a sword. I love that. But what takes it the extra step for me is it's been hinted. I, I'm not sure if it's been confirmed or not. I, I think it's, it's, I mean, it's confirmed as some of these things are, um, that uh, a key supporting character in that movie is going to be uh, the character, uh, Dane Whitman, that Kit Harrington, uh played in Eternals. And uh, uh, he is a character uh, who got famous, I think, in like the 90s, uh, called the Black Knight. And he has a cursed sword. And I am going to watch a movie about two guys with swords, Jon Snow and Blade, uh, uh, fighting vampires. vampires. Yeah. I, I, that's so up my alley. And they better give it, like, I want an R rating for that. I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and you've seen to... the, the other, the original Blade. I, I haven't seen the original Blade. Oh, my goodness. Really? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Dude. I loved oh, the original Oh, if you love fight Blade. choreography, you're going to. Oh, dude. Let's. Yeah. We've got to watch that. Put that on your movie night list. Okay. Blade I will I will one. watch the original Blade. Oh, it's good. <laughs> um, I have a question because so I I do on my Instagram, I do morning questions every day. Um and and this this morning's was inspired just kind of by this episode because I knew we were gonna be talking about it. But um, you know, with the power of the rings and a house of the dragon, I was like, what? My question was what? Is there another TV series or movie series that you would like to see? I know you already said you don't love prequels, but is there one that, like, if you could set it back, like, a hundred years or whatever, is there a show or movie series that you would love to see a prequel for that isn't out right now? Hmm. That is a great question. I would love to see uh, 200 years before uh, the start of Friends, you know? Like, 
all of their families just coming to America and never interacting, <laughs> never interacting. You just follow like all of their ancestors, just never connecting. And it's called like never friends. <laughs> yeah. Never friends, just family. That's what it's called. And it's like a miserable show. Um, oh no, he froze. Oh people... no. Oh no. Technical difficulties. Uh oh. Are we back? Is it still frozen? Yeah. Oh, oh you're, you're No, I, we can hear you. Frozen. There oh, we there go. Oh, that's fine. Okay. We're back? He's back. We're back, yeah. <laughs> so never friends, just family. They have, like, miserable lives. They are new immigrants <laughs> with no money. Um, but someday their descendants are, are going to have really kit, cushy, and obnoxiously large uh, Manhattan apartments. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Ted, what about you? That's that's the hardest question I've faced all week, man. That's Ooh, I don't know. I'm, I'm think, quite proud of myself then. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of I'm into that vibe of the I would love to see a series about Narnia because I, I grew up loving Narnia. So that'd yeah. be kind of neat. But I can't I was trying to think of like I'm thinking of all the DVDs in my collection right now. And what of those I'd want to continue out into a thing. And I can't really go, you know, 200 years before uh mob movies because then they won't be mob movies <laughs> just that would also be just I- I- immigrants yeah um, <laughs> it would they'd just be in italy you know, oh my like, goodness you know, fishing and doing their regular jobs oh has to well, godfather i'm just i'm just gonna throw it out there i want a uh marauders or a hogwarts founders Ooh. series or movie mimi you because... got good ideas man yeah, the I mar- just I need it. I need it. The, I think the Marauders would be like entertaining, and it'd be like it'd be great to see those characters as like young and like Harry's age. But I think that the Hogwarts founders would be really cool, just because it would be so far before any of that stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. why I'm so excited for the video game to come out because it doesn't like it takes place in that world, but it has nothing to do with with Voldemort, no. or Harry, or even Grindelwald. Like it's just new. <laughs> what if there was Imagine a... how like exciting going to Hogwarts would be if you were like living in Victorian England, you know? Like when Harry goes, it's in like the 90s, so they have phones, they have, mm-hmm. you know, cars, all this cool stuff, and he's like magic is so cool, I'm willing to give up phones and cars. Now imagine <laughs> imagine like going at a time when you throw poop out your window. So when J.K. Rowling is talking about them disappearing poop with magic you just in the early that. years of Hogwarts, that would be sick. That would be so cool. Yep. You just pop a squat, scourgeify, off you go. You're good. What about students at Hogwarts during uh, a witch trial? Like while there's an uproar in one of the uh, countries. Ooh. Like the American school. We've established as an American school. What about yeah, Salem Ilvermory. during the... That would be crazy. Which I, I read this this recently that um, all of the, uh, the the women who admitted to being witches uh, in... I, th- I, I don't know if it was specifically the Salem witch trials or some other witch trials. All of the women who admitted to it uh, were not killed at all. But it was the women who fought it who were then killed in the the trials and the the belief or at least in that article was that it was largely like a land grab right because if you if you look at like the land ownership of that of some of those areas before and after the witch trials it totally changes because uh if you admit to being a witch you get to live but then you have to like 
get, you know, you have to give up your land or your family has to give up their land. So, Oh, that's interesting. I would love to do more research in, in this. I just played a video game called little hope where like the flashbacks were of this, like pretty much a priest accusing people of witchcraft. Um, I just think that time is so interesting. <laughs> mhm. Real. It's just an awful time. Yeah. Like who I would love to like the imagine being in like a town council in Salem, Massachusetts in what I don't know if it, I actually have no idea when they happened. I'm going to say like 1630s. I don't know. 1630s. So you're talking about how listen. Women are so crazy. You know, <laughs> and we love to get more land. What if maybe we say they're witches? Like, I want to be there at like the planning session for all of these horrible ideas. Like every every great, I would love to have been there at like the Pearl Harbor planning sessions. You know, just like okay, we're gonna get them. You know, we're gonna mm-hmm. get them, and ah, and it's gonna be so cool and. There's never going to be a Michael Bay movie about it. Like you don't like if they had one, if if Japan had been more effective, uh, we would not have the Pearl Harbor movie. You know, so you really <laughs> like, think so? It's it's their lack of commitment that I blame for that for that movie. Oh my god. <laughs> um, this is you can joke about Pearl Harbor because all those people are dead anyway now. Oh God, no! I don't think we can. <laughs> I don't. I don't think morally that's okay. <laughs> and with that, I think. No, uh, <laughs> no it's good. And with that, we're gonna kick him have... off the pod. <laughs> okay, good. I was just about to get into nine eleven. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so we can you can find House of the Dragons. It's on Crave. Um, but if you can't find it there, uh, ask a friend. They may be able to uh, help you out with their account. Or uh, help you find. Ted, I'm not giving you my password. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. You will. <laughs> I will. will. I will. Off, off, off air though. But I will. Um. Yeah. Anyway, find find a way to watch it because it sounds it sounds very exciting. And yeah. uh, just just remember, when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. So just you know, tread carefully. Yeah. <laughs> tread really carefully. You've been listening to the Nerdy Thoughts Podcast. Your hosts today were Mimi Q.U. and Ted Linden. Music and production for the Nerdy Thoughts Podcast is by Black Bear Sound Productions. Find us on our socials at Nerdy Thoughts Cast. And tune in next time for another great interview with another big fan. Who knows? Maybe you'll find your new fandom.